The following paid program does not represent the views of North Shore 104.9. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Cryptomania, the show all about Bitcoin and blockchain technology. My name is Dana. Yeah, Mr. Crypto. They call me Mr. Crypto. Dante, intern extraordinaire in the house. How you doing? Unbelievable, I'm doing. Unbelievable. Jay, how was your Christmas or Kwanzaa <laughs> or whatever the heck you celebrate? What I've are you into, I've man? I decided I celebrate everything because who doesn't want to just celebrate more in life, right? Well, you know, exactly. Well, I'm glad you have a good time. You're looking good. You got oh, a nice glow you. to your face. Uh, and I got to say, Jay, that today's show is a milestone. Yeah. As we explained how Hollywood works. I mean, we're, you know, a national with the first. FM radio show on cryptocurrencies in America. Yep. That's exciting. And this is how Hollywood works, people. Because we are part of Hollywood, aren't we, Jay? It's true. We are Hollywood. You are. We tape these shows a day or two in advance. It's no secret. Well, you well, have it was a secret. Taped. We have, but this is our last. <laughs> this shall be, Jay. Yeah. This shall be our last pre-recorded show. Next week, we're going live, baby. Woo! We'll be in the studio live. No more pre. I don't believe that station management is allowing this. <laughs> However, <laughs> we're going to have some fun with it. I'm glad there's going to be a you know a few seconds delay. Based on that, we're going to allow uh, people to call in. Yeah. And you can call in and win. You can win Cryptomania t-shirt and gear and bling. Uh, we might also have some other of our sponsors, you know, check you out. Nice. Listen, but we don't want any lunatics. No lunatics. No lunatics calling. No crazy people. Uh -uh. I'm not listening to you. You're crazy. But, uh, Jay, a couple of things going, going on, on in the, in the market. Yeah, you know, the, 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 the crypto markets are no more volatile than the stock market. The stock market lost 1,000 points a few days ago. Then it yeah. regained 400. Now it's back down again. And now. The cryptomaniacs that uh, Bitcoin outperformed Apple. It outperformed oh, yeah. uh, uh, Google, uh, like by a lot. In, in spite of this crash that we've had, this cryptocurrency, this technology, this emerging technology is holding out. But Jay, I have a new jam. I have a new coin. Oh yeah, What's it's that? called Skycoin. Remember our, our guy John McAfee? Oh yeah, McAfee. John McAfee. Absolutely. Yeah, but he's going to be coming on the show in a few weeks, and uh, we're negotiating. Very with his outspoken. Team. Very outspoken, and actually a presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party, uh, running on a cryptocurrency platform. Makes sense. Love this guy for the one reason. He says I have a snowball's chance in hell of winning, but it's not about that. It's about the debate. It's about the dialogue, and that's what I love about John, but he has a, a, a coin called Skycoin. Yeah. And Skycoin is a privacy coin, and we're going to talk about that in future episodes, but it says holding its... and Skyrockets in flight, man. What is that? Are we under attack? <laughs> Holy moly. Skyrockets in flight. Afternoon delight. Whoop. You guys have it, I think. Right. Holding itself out as the third generation cryptocurrency, Skycoin aims to provide a new internet that is global, decentralized, and not controlled by any country, corporation, or government entity. For wow. privacy gurus and net neutrality enthusiasts, this is a project to stay on top of. We're going to be talking about Skycoin in a few uh, future episodes, but I thought that was worth mentioning. Mm. Uh, I hear that uh, John McAfee uh, got a tattoo of their logo. Uh, he's so into this project, I guess. But anyway, we have a very special guest on the phone, and we're going to bring him on in just a minute, but I did want to get to an email from from Jenny R. in Salem, Mass. Oh, yeah? I've heard you say on a few shows, Mr. Crypto, the tax burden is on the backs of the people who work at Burger King. You have said that. I have said that actually several times, Jenny. I work at Burger King and want to know why you are so down on Burger King. Jay, 
This is why we can't open the phone lines. This is the stuff I'm going to have to deal with. Unbelievable. Jenny, Jenny, can I turn to Jenny, Jenny, I'm going to explain it to you. I'm not down on Burger King, and I'm glad you're a fan of Cryptomania. The context of what I said was, at Burger King, if you happen to work at Burger King, I could have mentioned any other fast food or low-way paging establishment. Uh, you're getting $11 an hour, but you're not. You're not getting $11 an hour. You get nine fifty because the government takes that out of you immediately. Yoink, 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 yoink. You don't owe that money. It's yours, and they're taking it. And you know something? That's okay if that's what makes our system work. But what I have said was that the government, the tax burden, is on the backs of the working class people. That's what I said. Yeah. Okay? And then at the end of the year, you thank the government. Thank you, government. You gave me a tax return. I got all my money back. <laughs> you should be mad as hell because you gave the government an interest-free loan for a year. While corporations... And uh, other people that run in this manner, they don't, they don't operate like that. They have a corporation. You pay to the corporation. You become a consultant, and you come into that and, that, that. and then you take your deductions, and you should pay your taxes. Everyone should pay their fair share of taxes. No more, no less. So, Jenny, thank you. I'm going to send you a good shout-out. Good for you for hanging out with us. We're going to send you a Cryptomania T-shirt. And please, if you have any questions, email them to me directly. And Dana, what's your email address? Jay, I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> Dana at CryptomaniaRadioShow.com. And if you're lucky enough, I'll read yours on the air, and I'll send you the official Cryptomania You Should Have Listened to Me T-shirt. Yeah. But right now, Jay... We've got a very special guest on the phone. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Cryptomania, we are, are a show about all things, and our tagline is Cryptomania, Bitcoin, and beyond. Well, this guy's beyond. He's actually way beyond. We have the one and the only Jimmy Tingle on the phone. Jimmy is a hilarious comedian, a political satirist, and a commentator. He was the 2018 Democratic candidate for lieutenant governor. Did you know that, Jay? I did not. And uh, 2018 primary, by the way, on September 4th, he received 41.3% of the vote what? for lieutenant governor. Crazy, crazy times. He's got a show coming up tonight, this very night, at the Cabot. Uh, and it's going to... Talk about what inspired him to run for political office in 2018. It'll be insightful and compelling. Please give a huge, warm, cryptomania welcome to Mr. Jimmy Tingle. How are we doing, Jimmy? Great. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction, Dana. And thank you so much for having me on, Mr. J. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Well, Jimmy, you know, we're going to get right in. We're going to dig in deep with Mr. Tingle right now. Why? You have a show at the Cabot tonight. Why would a comedian run for office? <laughs> so tell us, why would a comedian run for office? Well, I've been doing social and political humor for many years here in the Boston area. I was on 60 Minutes. I was on MSNBC. I was a commentator. And I felt that I could help the people of Massachusetts. I felt I could help communicate a more humane message for the people of Massachusetts. <clears throat> and I'll give you one example of an issue that's affecting so many people in this state, in this country, and that is the, uh, the issue of uh, substance abuse and addiction. During the 1980s, <clears throat> excuse me, I lost three friends to alcohol and drugs, and I personally was going downhill in a big way, largely because of alcohol. And I started calling places for help, detoxes, rehabs, treatment centers, hospitals, and I would get the runaround. There's no beds. There's long lines. Call back next week. You don't have insurance. I called the Cambridge City Hospital. They had a program there, a partially federally funded program called Cahill 3. I called them the winter of 1987. I said to the man who answered the phone, I really need help. And without missing a beat, this man said, 
you called the right place. I went into that hospital. I stayed seven days through Christmas 1987. I got out. I moved to New York City. I focused on stand-up comedy and recovery. That's all I did for a year. A year later, to the week, I went on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. What I take away from that experience are two things. Number one, I believe in God. Number two, I believe in the power of government to change people's lives. Everything I have in my life, and I mean everything, my wife, my son, my career, my education, my relationship with people like yourselves, my relationship with the people who are listening, the ability to run for public office in the great state of Massachusetts, everything is directly attributable to that man's response when I reached out for help during the winter of 1987. I was running for lieutenant governor in the state of Massachusetts at the height of the opioid and substance abuse crisis in our cities, in our states, and in our country in large measure to hopefully ensure that when anybody in the state of Massachusetts picked up the phone and reached out for help, the answer on the other end always would be, you called the right place. That's largely why I was doing it. Excellent. Well, that is uh, a very good uh, insight into what makes you tick, sir. And uh, you are, by the way, and I think our, our audience may or may know, or your fans definitely know, that you're a graduate of Harvard, 2010, and you were actually the commencement speaker. At Harvard. That's a, a pretty uh, amazing thing. Now, I just got to ask you, who did you have to sleep with for that gig? <laughs> I had to sleep with my wife these last 22 years, and it was a pleasure. Let me say that. Perfect. Uh, great I'll answer, Jimmy. I'll tell you what Jimmy. I did. Is <laughs> I'd been a comic. I'd been a comic. I started in the early 1980s in the Boston comedy scene. And I, like I said earlier, I had done some television and some radio and did 60 Minutes, etc. And around... 2009 I felt like I wanted to do some I want to do more I felt like is there a way for me to use entertainment for purposes beyond just entertainment and I thought that I thought the Kennedy School would be great but I never thought I would get in because it's such a you know a hardcore academic public policy school I didn't have experience in those areas but people kept saying to me Jimmy you should apply to the Kennedy School they want people from different backgrounds You've been doing social and political humor. You've been an activist. You've been helping out with various causes over the years. They would love somebody like you. And I said, really? And they said, yeah. And I said, all right. And I applied. Long story short, I got in. I got into the school. I spent uh, a year there, got a master's degree in public administration. I have to say, guys, I absolutely loved it. It was just, it was a window into really the work that so many people are doing around this country and around the world and with really challenging circumstances around the world. I mean, we're dealing with certain things here in America, and they're definitely challenging. You go to you know parts of Africa, parts of Asia, they're dealing with literally trying to get water, trying to get electricity, trying to get food, a, a, fa- a fairly stable government, try, you know, where there is some sort of a free press, things like this. So it was an awesome experience. It gave me a much better and more, up, uh, I would say, positive view of the world and just a much better and more comprehensive view of America because these people one thing they all had in common they love what the American society has offered not only the people of this country but has offered the world. I had an opportunity to watch your uh, commencement speech and uh, it was very very uh, you know, tongue in cheek and I could see that in the audience that people were on the edge of their seat that must have been a wonderful experience but uh, the story that you told about I never thought I was going to get to Harvard and I'm paraphrasing obviously but uh, yeah. you got caught stealing bikes in Harvard Yard <laughs> Starting in the third grade my dear sweet mother who was here this morning would say to me Jimmy if you study really hard Someday you could go to Harvard. (laughs) 
By the sixth grade, she stopped telling me that. <laughs> By the eighth grade, our whole neighborhood had their eyes set on Harvard. Not so much for scholarships, but because it was an excellent place to steal bicycles. <laughs> I can remember running through this very yard some 40 years ago, being chased by Harvard students, the Harvard faculty, and the Harvard Police Department. <laughs> Other college campuses during the 1960s were bitterly divided between the students and the administration over civil rights and the war in Vietnam. But here at Harvard, my friends and I were able to unite students, faculty, and law enforcement. Well, I grew up in Cambridge, and growing up there, it was a place to, Harvard Yard was a place to play. They had grass. <laughs> they had the, the stadium there. They had these big open fields. Yeah, and then and stealing bikes was a thing that a lot of kids in the neighborhood got into. And it was a way to, you know, I don't know, it was, of course, wrong, but it's true. And uh, I never was very good at it either. And as I tell in that story, I'm, I'm being chased, and I'm praying, God, I'll never do it again. I'll never do it again. <laughs> and I was like, a, I was an altar boy, so I should have known better, right? But anyway. You should have. I actually have something in common. <laughs> I was an altar boy, too. Now, I didn't get diddled, but I knew guys that did. I mean, that was a horrible, horrible thing that happened. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that, uh, you know, growing up and being an altar boy in the 60s was a, uh, it was a, a uh, added to your comedic uh, uh, portfolio, I would say. Yeah, I never got bothered either, but you're, you're absolutely right. It was a terrible thing, and still is. It's still unfolding. You know, if you, if you tried to tell somebody that without the evidence, they would say, no way. You know, that's, there's no way that could have happened, but it did. So it's just awful, and hopefully we can reform the church. Uh, there's a group called, um, was it Voice of the Faithful? Voice of the Faithful that says, keep the faith, reform the church. Or keep the faith, change the church. Exactly. I like so that one. The world is changing. I mean, you've got times now. We've got, you know, companies like Sears and Roebuck. They're gone. The times, they are a-changing. I mean, uh, yeah. everything's internet-based. I mean, the world is changing. We're all about technology and blockchain technology and Bitcoin and uh, the future of money and what roles do the government play in uh, manipulating the, the, you know, the financial system, and it is manipulated. Uh, and we, you know, we talk about that, and we bring this emerging technology to the masses, and we try to do it in a fun way. So I'm really glad that you joined us. So anyway, <laughs> we're coming up to our commercial break. And you're listening to Cryptomania on North Shore 104.9 FM. We'll be right Game back. Of crypto, keep doing your thing. You're listening to Cryptomania, Bitcoin and beyond. They'll be right back with more on cryptocurrencies right here on North Shore 104.9. So, Jay, have you ever used the ATM down at uh, Rasta Pasta? I have, on you know, Tool Street. That's right, and that is a Bitcoin ATM. And you know who the leader is in Bitcoin ATM machines? It's a company called General Bytes. Okay. General Bytes is moving and shaking and changing the way America and the world receives Bitcoin. Their new machine, the Bantam 3, allows you to buy Bitcoin, but also you can sell your Bitcoin and get cash out of this machine. Really? Oh, they also have a Gore-Tex point-of-sale machine, which will allow you to uh, accept Bitcoin at your business. If you're interested in doing this, you can check out 
GeneralBytes.com for all their products and services. Again, GeneralBytes, the leader in Bitcoin ATMs across America and the world. That's GeneralBytes.com. GeneralBytes. Hey, that's Gary Marino from the World Gone Crazy Band. And when I'm not bringing laughter and joy to the masses up here in the North Shore, I listen to Cryptomania on North Shore 104.9 FM. American Red Cross offers CPR and first aid training, all at a nominal fee. You can check it out and find the closest location near you at redcross.org. The all-new Rasta Pasta Pizzeria at 38 Rantoul Street in Beverly. Of the freshest pizza, fresh pasta, homemade meatball, and warm sandwich. No microwave, freezer, or deep fryer. Rasta pasta, the best stuff, man. At Rasta pasta, you can dine inside. You can dine outside. And even take out. Rasta pasta, even deliver. Get the best, freshest pizza and pasta. Details and online ordering at rastapastapizzeria.com. And we're back with Cryptomania, the show all about Bitcoin and blockchain technology. My name is Dana. Yeah, Mr. Crypto. Jay in the house. Intern Dante. Howdy. We have the one and the only Jimmy Tingle on the phone. You got the Boston accent, but not really. I got the thick Boston accent. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. What do you love, Jimmy, about being from Boston, or I should say Cambridge? Obviously, the beautiful weather we have all winter. <laughs> the idea that you can get out there with your scraper and scrape your windshield. <laughs> the idea that a blizzard could come and you can shovel one, two, even three feet of snow on a given weekend. <laughs> exactly. I don't know why. I got to tell you a funny it. story. The blizzard of 2015. You know, I started a, an organization called Humor for Humanity, where we try to use entertainment for purposes beyond entertainment. Now, the challenge with running an organization like Humor for Humanity is to maintain your humanity when things aren't going your way. So, the blizzard of 2015, right? We got, what, nine feet of snow. I'm shoveling out. I see a woman pulling into my parking space. I said, Excuse me, miss. Excuse me. That's my space. Excuse me. With all due respect, it took me three hours to shovel that out. Excuse me? I don't care if we're married. That's my face. <laughs> Unbelievable. But I'll, I'll tell you what's great about Boston and the whole Massachusetts area. You have a great history going right back to the Pilgrims, to the Revolution, to the Abolitionists, right through, right through, right now where we are now. And you got the um, and you got the sports, and you got the, all these great universities. So you have a very cool mix of working class, middle class, uh, historical perspective, academia. Sports. Um, it's a great mix, and it's great for comedy because you got all these you got all these different uh, synapses in your brain firing on different different um, different cylinders all the time. That's what and the the beautiful smooth traffic that we have. I would say that has to be right up there. It's up there with uh, the T. Now I know one of your mottos is you know save humanity, fix the T. What are we going to do about this T? What would Jimmy? Tingle, Lieutenant Governor, if it was going to happen in the future, what would he do with the uh, his current situation with the, with the transit? Well, what we need to do, first of all, we have to realize the thing was built in 1900. <laughs> or 19, I so think it's, it's the, the oldest, oldest in the country. Public transportation system in, in the country. So we obviously we need more investment. We need more cars. We need, and we gotta we gotta find ways to get more money without crushing any one area of society. So I've got a lot of different ideas, but one of the things I came up with, and this is more on the comedic side, but I think you'll appreciate it. One of the reasons I, um, I've been, always been doing social and political humor is I've tried to make points through humor. 
So they were arguing about the wind farm off the coast of Cape Cod, right, for like 15 years. I was telling people, people, this is America. There's lots of windy places. Do we have to put all the windmills off the coast of Cape Cod? Why can't we put some of the windmills in the breakdown lane on the Mass Pike? <laughs> Look at all that untapped wind on the Mass Pike. Boom, boom, boom. Now think about this, gentlemen. Think about this. Using wind generated by cars running on oil to turn little windmills to create electricity to reduce our dependency on oil. Now, obviously, it's satire, but it's rooted in alternative energy and advocating for alternative energy. Well, I wasn't sure if I should run for lieutenant governor or not run. Should I run? Should I not run? September 2017, I got an email from a woman in India. She said, Mr. Tingle, I just want to let you know, I saw your comedy routine at the Montreal Comedy Festival and your vision for putting windmills on the highway to generate electricity is now being implemented in India. Wow. Gentlemen, clearly I had to run. I'm a visionary. You should run for Prime Minister of India. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. So, not, 2019 is right upon us, Jimmy. And what are yeah. the, if any, do you think, I mean, you got this Kennedy School of Government degree. You're obviously yeah. very intense with your, uh, you know, your politics. And, I mean, very intense when someone, you know, takes the uh, opportunity or puts the, forth, forth the effort to run for a major political office. And congratulations, by the way, even though you didn't win. It was 41.3% uh, of the vote. I mean, that is first time out of the office ever running for anything. That is, uh, you know, pretty respectable. So for 2019 or maybe 2020, what can we expect from Jimmy Tingle? Gentlemen, I'm going to stay involved. I'm just going to stay involved doing what I can do. I'm going to be working with Humor for Humanity, where we, um, I often MC events, fundraisers, mostly for nonprofits, charities, social causes. I can MC, I can do the auction, or I can uh, perform, or I can do all three. So a company or an organization is trying to raise spirits, funds, and awareness. I can, uh, they can book me, and I can do all three components, and hopefully make them more money they would make without my contribution there. So that's one thing I'm going to focus on, raising spirits, funds, and awareness for nonprofits, charities, and social causes. A couple of the other things, I'm going to stay involved with the politics on the local level. We need a lot of help in the state, number one, around the opioid addiction. Uh, number one, just trying to keep driving home the point, we need more beds, we need more opportunities for people to get sober. It, it's a life-changing thing, and I, I say to anybody that's listening, 30 years ago, I wanted help. I didn't know where to go. I finally got into a place, and then I get out, and I started hanging around with people who were trying to get sober. And I just want to tell anybody who's listening, you can do it. If you've got the willingness, people are willing to help you. You can get help. Keep calling places. Try to get in. When you get out, try to hang around with people who are trying to stay sober. You can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. And one of the things I would offer to people in this state. People say, what are you going to do? You're a comedian. How can you help the state of Massachusetts if you never held elected office? I'll tell you one thing I can do. I can walk into any hospital, any detox, any sober house, any rehab, look those people in the eye and say, I have been in your shoes. I know where you are coming from. And I just want to tell you something. You can get better. Your life can change. And that's what I would offer to people. And that's what I would hopefully continue to offer in 2019 and beyond, and other issues too. But that one gets both sides of the aisle, rich, poor, black, white, Arab, Jew, Gentile, and so many people that need help. And I just want to, if I can bring a little hope, if I can bring a little inspiration, if I can bring a little power of example, that would be a great contribution. That sounds like a wonderful uh, way to start 2019. But we didn't see 
but we didn't hear any political uh, uh, aspirations as of yet. So we'll we'll put that on hold. You know what I'd love to know from you guys? If you could just give me a little bit of a crash course on what it is that you're trying to do. I mean, my son wanted to invest in Bitcoin. i got to be honest with you. I don't know that much about it. So when I got the invitation to come on to the show, I was excited about coming on to the show. But... And then, geez, I don't know that much about Bitcoin. And I mean, is this for real? Is this the future of currency? This is the future of currency. And the reason why that it is, it's because uh, we take out governments. Governments manipulate currency. China does it. They manipulate it so that it stays low. The United States does it. We just continue to print more. We came off the gold standard in 1972 or 1973 under President Nixon. And ever since then, we just print more money. The debts are trillions and trillions of dollars. You never, I don't care if you, uh, who you are, what side of the aisle you're from, you're never repaying trillions of dollars. It, it will never go away. It doesn't exist. Right. So cryptocurrency, it, what that does is it empowers people. It empowers people to have low transmission fees for funds. As an example, Example. If you want to send money right now, if you're if you're here and you're working in this country and you need to send money back home to a foreign country, uh, you can go through Western Union or these other places. If it's $1,000, they'll charge you $50 or $60, and it will take four or five days to get there. Why? We have the technology to send it encrypted. You can get there instantly for you know a penny or two. And so it's over just, the web. Over the web. It's just a, okay. a, a new way of thinking. Also, Bitcoin is something that you hold, and it's just like the stock market. It goes up, it goes down, and you can cash it out to U.S. dollars at any time. And so it's just a new way of thinking. And it has value just like gold has value because there's a finite amount. There's only 21 million Bitcoins total. And you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. You can buy a piece of a Bitcoin. You can buy 20 dollars okay. worth of bitcoin that's why it's called a bitcoin and then it's basically used as as an investment vehicle but also as a future of currency and commerce so that we can take uh untrusted uh governments out of the equation uh because they you know will put money towards war as an example the technology behind bitcoin is something called blockchain technology if you right. came Explain up with a budget because i don't know that much about that either but i've heard the term so if you put something on the blockchain it's just an independent verification system so as an example i'm a, I'm a politician and we passed a budget and two million dollars has to go to uh you know buy oil reserves or feed the poor you put that on the blockchain it would have to be independently verified and there would be it would be impossible for anyone or any government or any person to divert those funds or to spend them in any other way than they were allocated because of the technology and the independent verification. So that's what it's about. And uh, But we are also about, uh, you know, creating a level playing field for everyone. We're about, uh, you know, making access and education uh, affordable for all people and just giving people another opportunity, another way to uh, become part of the, of the society that so many people at the top can participate in, but people at the bottom are kept from just because of the way that everything is structured. So right. I know that's. I had an Uber. I had a uh, Lyft driver about a few months ago, and he said he invested in Bitcoin. And he said he his his you know portfolio was like way up there. I forget the exact amount he said, but he said something like twenty, thirty thousand dollars he had from a fairly small investment. Um, now, but what I want to ask you was, is it back, you know how the gold standard was once backed up by gold? I mean, the dollars were once back. Is the Bitcoin backed up? Like, who started it? Is there a big sum of money someplace? No, there's no, it's, it's, it started as a, uh, it was, it was generated by a computer code. 
and a computer. Okay. And what that does is the Bitcoin itself is a computer code. So it's stored on your phone. It's digital. But it's also digital in the same way that your money is digital. You somebody works for someone, they don't see physical money. They get a you know a pay stub that says we put this money in your bank and then that money, you know, then you go and you use your, your debit card and it's all invisible money. So it's the same type of principle. What it does, it takes the governments out of it so that it can't be manipulated. And um, you know, it's just a Can it still be taxed? It should be taxed. Yes, it should be taxed. But the governments don't have a they don't have any consensus. As a matter of fact, on our news, we're going to skip the news this week because we're running a little bit over time is uh, the Fed wants no part of a national cryptocurrency. So there's just this debate whether it's actual real money or not. It is real money because you can take your Bitcoin, put it on your phone, cash it out to U.S. dollars. And uh, life will be good at that point. You can have you know money, and you can go up and down, and so on and so forth. But we are coming to the end of our show, Jimmy. And I do All thank right. you for here. You've got a big, big, big show at the Cabot. And uh, I if you, I believe there are still a few tickets left. Possibly, you could go to thecabot.org and check that out. And uh, are you sure you definitely want to see this guy here at Cryptomania? We believe in a few basic principles. We believe in a level playing field. We believe that everyone should have equal access and opportunity to all things that make us healthier and wealthier as a nation. We believe that talent is distributed equally, but opportunity is not. The world is being disrupted. The way we do commerce is changing. The revolution is here, people. And hopefully by becoming a fan of Cryptomania, you too can get in on the game. My name is Dana. Thanks to J. My Producer. Intern Dante in the house. Very, very, very big shout out and a lot of respect for our guest this week, Jimmy Tingle. Jimmy, thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for having me. During this morning's broadcast of Cryptomania, your host may have discussed specific cryptocurrencies and investment ideas. This discussion provides general information and is of an entertainment nature only, not specific investment, buying, or selling advice or recommendations. Buying, selling, and trading Bitcoins involves risk, including the loss of money over short or long periods of time. Investors in Bitcoin should expect prices to have large range fluctuations. Please seek your own legal business and investment advice. Tune in again next Saturday morning at 9.30 for Cryptomania, Bitcoin, and beyond. Shout out to Cryptomaniacs. The prior show was a paid program that does not express the views, opinions, or beliefs of North Shore 104.9, the station management, its employees, or staff.